Influence Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. This is a Soulfire production. All right, besties, we have Whitney on the podcast today. Hey, Whitney, we are so excited to have you here, and we would love if you could share a little bit about what you do and how you started your marketing agency. Yeah, absolutely. So I am kind of a marketing guru. I've actually grown a lot of my experience in also building brands and really knowing what moves the needle and. Now at this point, after about spending a a little over a decade in marketing, I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. So I take a lot of my experience of building brands and I invest in brands. I've launched my own brand, which is Get Super. And then I maintain Ekis Marketing, which was my first career being an entrepreneur. But yeah, I got my experience way back in Red Bull. I was like a brand rep on college and kind of rode the wave of social media and just it all kind of took off from there. That's exciting. Did you go to school for marketing or was that kind of like what you wanted to do or was it just kind of like you fell into it? You know, it's funny. When I started my freshman year in college, I was a marine biologist major. Oh my gosh. A marine biology major. And then I went to like a liberal arts university. So I actually had to double major in order to get a marketing degree. So I had to double major communications with like more of a PR direction and emphasis. And then I had to take business admin. And that was like their way of giving you like a marketing degree. And I really kind of attribute college to like helping me grow up and become an adult. But it was really like Red Bull and working with Aviator Nation and taking on all these internships that like really cut my teeth in the industry. That's interesting. Yeah, I went to school. So I did marketing too and social media, but I went to school for criminal justice. So I have a criminal justice degree. And Wait, that's no- so cool. Yeah, nobody ever believes that though, because it's like I literally never worked in criminal justice, not one day other than my internship. So that's why I was curious if you kind of took the path of, you know, marine biologists and then switched to marketing. So did you do the internship with Red Bull? through school? Like, did you have to have an internship to graduate? And then that kind of opened all the doors? Yeah, I actually just like, I've been working since I was 16. I've just always kind of enjoyed it. I like making my own money. I liked that freedom and that empowerment. And so when I got into college, I got to be honest, I was really kind of like looking for something to keep me busy. And I went up to school in Costa Mesa and Costa Mesa. Originally, I was actually trying to get a job at Volcom and Ruka. Because that's where they headquartered and it was like totally a surf town. And I was like, I love extreme sports. I want to be a part of this. And then I applied to, yeah. And then I applied to Red Bull and got it. And from there, I really expected like a very low level internship. It was not that I was literally going into, I was working on sales accounts, both on and off premise, meaning like I was selling like Red Bull into liquor stores. I was going into bars. I was hosting college parties. I was hosting athletes at these college parties. And during that time, Facebook was already up and running, but Mm -hmm. Instagram was starting to have his moment. And so basically everyone was like, Hey, Red Bull is so cool. And you're this cool brand rep. Just start posting about Red Bull on your socials. I was like, okay, cool. And like, I'd be like taking photos with athletes and like doing all this stuff. So they really actually started 
integrating social media strategy, not only into my life, but into the company at such an early stage. Mm -hmm. And even from there, I actually learned a lot about like influencer marketing. We call the cool kids on campus, the opinion (laughs) leaders, but i.e. they were like the influencers Influencers. of college. Yeah. Influencers before influencing was a thing. Absolutely. And so we started basically influencing all the cool kids on campus, the top athletes, any student body, anyone that was basically calling the shots or kind of leading a movement on campus. And we hooked them up with Red Bull and we'd work with them on coming to athlete branded events, or we'd work with them on whatever promos we were doing. And so I was like, barely, barely, I think, oh my God, I don't even know how old I was. I think it was like 19 or 20. Oh wow! Like I was so young, but I was all this stuff. And I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with all of it. So after your time at Red Bull, and I guess after you graduated, is that where you decided, Hey, I could do this on my own and I could open up my own company or how did that kind of come to be? I went from Red Bull. I worked at Aviator Nation, which I still love that company to this day. I helped out a little bit with some of her events. I managed like a couple of her stores And then from there, I'd moved back home to San Diego. The reason why I didn't stay with Red Bull is because basically I wanted to finish my degree and I wanted to finish it and give it my all. And so that's kind of what I did. When I came back to San Diego, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I felt like a total like failure. Like I moved back in with my dad, which was like the worst feeling after you graduate Mm -hmm. because everyone like wants to get their shit together and move out on their own. And then I went into hospitality. So I was running, I was in a hospitality group. I was managing a total of 15 clients, everything from bars, restaurants, hotels. And I was doing all their digital marketing from basically a management standpoint. So I was working with all the vendors. I was outsourcing all the work. I was working on all the creative. I was even like thrown in the fire. Like I remember one time they're like, create a menu for this new restaurant that's opening. I'm like, great. I guess I'll learn Photoshop. And then I got over it. It was hospitality is a really interesting industry and it felt like a total boys club. And so I was like, you know what? I want to go try this on my own and get my own clients. And I actually ended up, the hospitality group actually brought us five or brought me five of my first clients from those original 15. And so that's kind of how it started. Oh, that was really nice of them. Yeah. So after that, were you just, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. 15 at a time. I can't even imagine even just doing social media for 15 people at a time as a single person. I mean, that's insane. So I can imagine how you could get burnt out on that easily. Whenever it yeah. came to getting your first five clients, would you say it just kind of started being like word of mouth after there? Because I know for me personally, like now there's, I don't know if there was like Upwork and now there's social media to then get more clients like, you know, TikTok, you could get clients off of TikTok now, whereas a decade ago, that wasn't really the case. So how did you expand your business? Was it based on word of mouth from your original clients? No, actually, it was super hard for me in the beginning sales like phase because I also wanted to represent things that weren't like Marriott or Hilton based properties. Mm -hmm. And I really had like no idea how to even approach the sales side. There were so many small businesses, but at the rate of what I was charging, it wasn't like an aligned fit. And I started taking on like all these clients for like free or super low ball price. And then I got into the phase where I was like, I have all this, but I'm not making any money. So what I actually did because I was like, okay, I want to like market myself the right way. And I also want to like market like what I can do. And I was really good at events. I was really good at influencer. I was really good at social. So I actually, right out of the gate, I hosted this influencer brunch and I called it Influence San Diego. 
And it was all around my podcast, which was under the influence. It was around my agency. My basically agency was just me doing everything. But I brought in every top influencer that I could find in Southern California. I bought them all a brunch. I think I invested like, I think back then I got about, I invested like a total of $5,000. I got the restaurant to donate a lot of the food and the beverage. And then I got all these brands to come on board. So I got SoulCycle, I got Suja, I got Kopari, Kula, a lot of people that were kind of local to like the San Diego area to come in and all donated gifting. So I did all of that. I got all this press and awareness. And I kind of also set myself up as like the agency that now works with influencers and works with really badass brands. And that opened up a lot, a lot of sales funnel from me doing that. And no one really knew it was just like me behind like the agency and like two interns that I like couldn't pay. But that's that's my beginning phase of trying to get clients. (laughs) That's awesome. So now like looking back on that and to where you are now, do you have people that you delegate different areas to maybe like events, social media, kind of what's your role now and where has the company gone? Yeah. So yes, I have a lovely all-female team. We are female cats, which is really cool. And basically the way that our agency is structured is each of our clients have an account coordinator. We have an in-house graphic designer. I'm still really hands-on with all of our events. And I think it's just honestly, because I love it. I love the energy and I love all the moving parts. And it's something where I think I'm so naturally chaotic that an event feels like really calming because there's just so much going on that I kind of fall into that weird chaos. But yeah, I basically we've kind of really built out our team to be able to handle what our clients are needing, whether that is in an event, whether it's influencer marketing, whether it's rebranding and graphic design. And so we work with them and we actually really kind of are more of a marketing partner for our clients than just an agency. A lot of our clients will come to us for kind of that social media management, but we bring so much more to the table that they actually end up working with us in like so many other verticals now that like social media is like great. We love it. And that's what brings everyone in. But what keeps them around is everything else that we're able to help them with strategy wise. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And there's just so much when it comes to like marketing, social media, like there's all these different avenues. And I think I agree with what you say of like, you like to do events because that's your thing. And it's cool when you get to the point where like you can delegate other things to other people. So what would you say kind of like a day in the life is for you? I know that you're a serial entrepreneur. You have another business, which is Get Super. So kind of walk me through like, how do you manage all of it? What does your day look like? Morning routine, night routine? Do you do the same thing every day? I want to know kind of all the details. No, I wish I could say that I was like the same thing every single day and I applaud people that can do it. But I always talk about seasons. There's always a season of, and I I think again, it always comes back to what I want to be building or what I want my life to look like. But I feel like there's always different seasons. There's seasons where I get to rest and there's seasons where I'm building and there's seasons where I'm spending 12 hours a day in my office, right? Or where I'm working on the weekends or whatever that is. For the sake of what I try to do to keep myself grounded, I'm huge on my morning practice. It usually looks like some sort of journaling, meditation, and then I try to get some movement in. I used to take morning walks every morning, but this last season of my life has been really busy. So I bought a walking treadmill for my office because... I want to be able to like move my body and I hate working out, but I love walking. So I do that. My nighttime routine usually always looks like a bath and just winding down and having a good meal with my boyfriend. But yeah, I mean, my day-to-day is really kind of structured. And what is the business right now that is needing 
me the most. And I'm really grateful for Echis Marketing being so well-led and managed by my team and my clients really feeling supported by them. But I'm also still building It Super. And even our newest baby right now is called Mela. It's a watermelon water. And so I've been working on helping them out as a fractional CMO in that regard. And so I have to wear multiple hats. And sometimes there's days where I get to walk out of the office at 12 o'clock and I get the whole rest of the day myself. And then there's days where I'm willing to accept that I'm going to put in a lot of hours and I'm going to dedicate it because it's worth that build and it's worth those hours of me kind of hustling, if that makes sense. So it's it's an ebb and flow. And yeah, Yeah, I I agree. Like as an entrepreneur, it's like one day I could literally do like a few things and be like, okay, I'm going to watch Netflix and chill out. And then the other day I'm like, I haven't stopped. I feel like I can't breathe. So I get it. I think that there's just no way to find balance if you're running multiple businesses and working for yourself. But for me, like I've done corporate, I've done like the eight to five desk. And that was 10 times. Like it was horrible. Like I hated it, but some people love that kind of lifestyle. But for me, I'm like, I probably work more now, but it's more enjoyable work. Whereas like doing the same thing every day for a job that you don't really enjoy. So yeah, I completely get that. So when it comes to get super, walk us through how you came up with the idea, what's the meaning behind the brand and a little bit in depth of like how you built this brand, the branding. I'm sure you went through your agency and all of that, but I would love some details on it. Yeah. Get super. So I actually acquired get super in 2020 and I had fallen in love with the product because I was diagnosed with severe anxiety disorder and depression in 2020, which was like awesome. Couldn't be more time time for it. Yeah. And one of the biggest triggers for me for my panic attacks was caffeine. And being an entrepreneur, I'm like, actually, even since like college, I've always drinking like three cups of coffee a day or I've had Red Bulls or whatever. Like my caffeine receptors, I thought at one point were shot, but basically what was happening was it was giving me bodily triggers. So that feeling of shakiness or that feeling of just anxiousness or kind of just that really hyped up, like, I don't know how to describe it other than like a bodily trigger. And one of the biggest things that we were kind of approaching in my wellness journey was to be giving up caffeine. And I kind of hated that. Like I've never really been like a matcha girl. I really wasn't I love and appreciate everything that mud water is doing. And I think it's so awesome and beautiful. And same thing with like moon juice, but like I wanted my cup of coffee. So Mm -hmm. I had found this brand that hadn't done much of anything. And I was actually bugging him about doing his marketing. And he's like, well, actually I'm going to sell it. And I'm like, great, I'll buy it. So I acquired it. I reformulated the actual hemp infused instant coffee to something that I liked and something I thought personally tasted better. And then we rebranded pretty much everything but the initial logo, which is that really cool get super Mm -hmm. kind of swirly logo. And then we launched in October of 2021. So it took us about a full year since purchase to launch. And then we launched get super. And during this time too, I had lost about 75% of my business in Ekis marketing due to the pandemic. And the reason why is because I had started out in hospitality when I had originally left the hospitality group. And so a lot of my core focus was going after hospitality for the agency. So I had lost so much. I was pivoting into direct-to-consumer brands and more like CPG, like Mm -hmm. natural products or packaged good brands. And when I launched Get Super, it was one of the best case studies for the agency of like, we can do direct to consumer, we can market it, and we can also market a packaged good. So 
that set up our trajectory for not only 2021, but all the way into 2022. And now the majority of our clients are actually CPG or wellness-based brands that have a direct-to-consumer focus. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get Super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. Wow. That's crazy. That's like both of your business kind of like intertwine with each other. And I saw on your Instagram that you worked with Soul CBD. I've been a fan of them for a long time. That's a really cool company to work with, but I really relate to your anxiety story because I do the same thing. It's hard to explain. And I actually found out that like, if I have too much caffeine too, that like, I don't drink a lot of coffee that much, but even if I had like a medium coffee from Starbucks, my heart will do like racing at night where it's like, I'm not really anxious. Like my brain is not anxious about anything, but like my body is. So I completely relate. It's like a hard feeling to explain, but I got what you were saying. Cause I'm like, I deal with that too. So that's really cool that your brand has a wellness meaning behind it. And when it comes to your life, I feel like your life is a little bit chaotic and you described you actually like chaos, but how do you deal with your (laughs) anxiety and your depression diagnosis when your life is chaotic or you're in one of those seasons where you have a lot of work to do and you're not getting a lot of like you time, kind of what do you do to help that out? Yeah, I think as much as I do kind of love the chaos, I think it's more of, I love the rush of business. Like I love that kind of that fun, upbeat energy, kind of a lot of moving parts, but it does wear on you, right? There's no way to avoid it. I also struggle too with terrible sleep. Like I have terrible sleep patterns. And I think the biggest thing when I'm in those moments is being able to come back to me and come back to like, why am I doing this? Because I think that number one, that grounds me and that gives me the purpose of why I am working so hard. Because I feel like if our energy isn't aligned, that's where we feel that burnout, Mm -hmm. right? That's where we're like, why am I doing all this if it doesn't feel like it's leading me to this next level or it doesn't feel aligned with who I am as a person? So that's like the first step. The second step is actually realizing that less is more. And if you are in that season of hustle, what needs to be taken off your plate? 
what is not the priority where you're not able to get good rest. You're not able to do, you know, I think self-care is kind of a interesting trigger word nowadays, but for example, like self-care for me is actually going and getting a massage and acupuncture because I hold so much tension and weight and stress in my neck and my back where I've pulled like my shoulders. Yeah. So the whole thing of like, I don't have time for this. I'll never forget my therapist was talking to me. And I remember I was said the same thing. I was like, I just don't have time for self-care or like any of those things right now. Like that seems like a luxury. And she's like, do you think that the top number one athletes in the world would treat their body like that under the large amount of stress that they're going through? Same thing with entrepreneurs. I think as entrepreneurs, we don't give ourselves enough credit or we don't allow ourselves to indulge in those things because we feel like they're a waste of time or we feel like we could be doing something else more productive. When in reality, you have to take care of yourself in order to move through those really heavy, crunchy times. And anxiety-wise, the awareness of that, the awareness of being able to be like, I feel like I should be working, but then kind of recognizing like, okay, this is my ego. I actually need to be taking care of myself. And also too, what are some ways I can look at my to-do list and break it down and know that I'm going to be okay for the next week? Whether it's time blocking, whether it's delegating out tasks that you don't need to be handling, whether it's investing in another team member or an assistant, just so the sake of like you feeling like you can alleviate the stuff that you don't need to be focusing on and the stuff that you're not good at to someone else. Those are ways to not only kind of help your anxiety, but also to help you become more successful and also help you to not burn out and to not walk through those spirals or that panic attack or those things where you feel like you're not able to go another day and you start resenting your business and things like Mm -hmm. that. That was great advice. I personally, this year has been like a really weird sickness year for me, which is just crazy because I do like take care of myself a lot when it comes to wellness. But I think even this year, this has been the biggest year for like my business too. And it's my first year of doing marketing for other people, but like my help made me slow down. Like it made me be like, okay, you have to like today before this call, I went to my naturopath and like, normally do I want to go to my naturopath at 11 AM? No, because like that's my prime work time, but it's the only time she has for the next two months. So it's like, making time for that. And it's better to do it on the front end. Whereas like I waited too long and I had to get sick every single month before I made that change. Whereas if you can just start incorporating it to your life and make it into your lifestyle with your business and kind of work together, then you're going to be like overall happier. Same with going to therapy. Like that's something that I've started in the past couple of months as well. And I think that helps to be able to just go and like decompress like everything business wise and just relax a little bit. Cause I feel like we are very like similar when it comes to like, I get the rush of like business too. And I'm always wanting to do more and level up my life, but it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day, if you don't have your health, physical and mental. So that's something I'm really passionate about. And I loved hearing your story about it. I love it. I totally align with you on that one. Awesome. Okay. So you said you're from San Diego. Have you all, you said you went to college away and then moved back. So how do you like San Diego? Do you feel like that played a huge role in your life as an entrepreneur or in any of your businesses? Being close to LA, you're kind of in a creative space. Do you feel like that had an impact on you or your businesses? Yes and no. I think I would have naturally walked into more opportunity being in LA. I think there's just a lot more, it just things happen a lot quicker out there and San Diego is still very sleepy. But for the sake of my businesses and just my lifestyle of where I want to be, I've always loved it. It always feels like home. And 
I'm very close to my family. We have a very, very, very old family business. And so being close with my dad and really kind of helping him wherever I can with that, I think is important to me. And so, yeah, I mean, I traveled to New York, LA, I went to Paris for Paris Fashion Week, like my job kind of takes me everywhere as needed. So I feel like my home base is, it's nice because San Diego is very grounding. Right. Yeah. Me and my husband, we've been talking, so we're in Georgia and we've been talking about Ah. moving lately and San Diego was something that we're like, we've been to LA, like we've done Huntington, like we've done all that, but we actually haven't visited San Diego yet. So we're like, Maybe that would be a little in between. So we might have to check that out. So when it comes to your businesses, I know we talked a little bit about your schedule, but how do you manage your time? I know you mentioned time blocking. Is that something you do? Do you set yourself up like every day to-do list, have to like mark things off? Or are you more like the beginning of the month, plan everything out? Kind of what does your schedule look like when it comes to getting your tasks done? Yeah, I try my best to time block. Unfortunately, I've never been able to be one of those people where I can dedicate like a Monday to this or a Tuesday to this. I try Um, so hard. I want to be that person so bad. I just can't do it. I try and it just doesn't work out. That's okay. Like whatever works best for you. I'm very calendar oriented. So for me, my calendar is actually how I set up my day and how I set up my week. I try to prioritize everything that I need to do on specific days and kind of map them out through the week. That way it feels really fulfilling. But also I know, again, we're talking about that huge to-do list. I'm able to prioritize my tasks and the importance of when they need to be real. And my team kind of operates that way. Like we all operate on deadlines and like when projects are due. So that also helps because again, it's more prioritizing what tasks needs to be handled and when. And then the other thing too, is I just make sure that I'm giving myself enough time for things to come up. And it's like a blessing and a curse because I do believe in having like boundaries with your calendar and making sure that you're not just giving yourself to anyone at any time and actually making sure that it's a value of their time as well. Right. But like, for example, I had a client call me this morning and he's like, Hey, I want to go to dinner with you. Like we have X, Y, and Z for all these business opportunities. Can you meet me at 5 PM for dinner? And so like, yes, like I can, I have that availability in my calendar for you. So I think that there's a natural balance to it. And then again, like looking at your game plan, like at the beginning of each month, I try to sit down and map out like where I want to be by the end of the month, whether it's like financials, whether it's revenue, whether it's team, whether it's our client roster, what Get Super's doing. I try to like map out what I want the month to look like. And then I have a kind of loose game plan of the direction that I'm going. And that for me too, at the agency, we're always one month ahead of the current month we're in. And so for me to be able to kind of be in that futuristic vision, that's where a lot of my calendaring and a lot of like my to-do lists like actually come into play. And it helps me to prioritize again too. Like for example, if someone wants to get on the phone with you and pick your brain, is that a priority for your month? If someone wants to talk to you about this new service that, you know, they're charging X, Y, and Z and they want your clients to come on. Is that a priority for you this month? So I think that there's opportunity that lies in you kind of taking back your power for your calendar, but also for your to-do list and being able to objectively be like, does this serve me? And I'm a huge people pleaser. So this has been a huge learning lesson for me in my career of not needing to show up for everyone and also realizing what is my main goal and what do I need to do in order to make Whitney successful and make Whitney's brand successful. And that's how I now categorize my day to day. 
That makes sense. When it comes to, you just said you went to Paris. So when it comes to you being in Paris, how do you manage your business? I know for me personally, like just for Thanksgiving, I was only gone for a couple of days, but I was like, oh, I have to like do all these extra things because for me, it was like I had people's TikTok videos that still had to go up with Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So it all had to be done beforehand. So it was like double the work before and kind of double the work when I get home. So how does your process look like for that? Do you have someone who maybe takes over for you? Yeah. So I have amazing, amazing, amazing director of operations. So she oversees the team. She makes sure everyone is on top of their due dates. And yeah, like last week we gave our team Wednesday through Friday off, but that meant that all their assignments were due Tuesday by end of day. So it was a bit of a hustle and there were things exactly, you're right, like scheduled for Cyber Monday and Black Friday and stuff like that. But again, my team, the way in which I'm trying to really kind of grow them and make sure that they're serving our client the best is to be able to handle the clients that they have at hand without me. They are the strategists. They are the experts. If they need me to step in, I'm there to support them. But they should have all the tools already that they need in order for them to be successful because I wouldn't sign a client if I didn't think my team would be able to handle them and make them more successful. Right. So for me, that's and that's also something too. This last year I've been really trying to step out of because before I was so like the main strategist. I was the one really walking with everything through them. I was doing a lot of hand holding for the client and the team. And now it's more so like you guys are the expert, you guys are the account coordinator, you know, the brand the best. And you know, if there's a problem, come talk to us about it. But most of our team absolutely handles everything from top to bottom. That's awesome. Do you feel like you struggled at all? Or it was like a learning curve to be able to let go of that control? Oh, yeah. And it was a huge learning curve. There was a lot too, where I realized like once I did start letting go, oh, like I need to invest more money into training or, oh, I need to really kind of reset client boundaries and guidelines and expectations because they're walking all over everybody if I'm not there. So absolutely, there was a huge learning curve. But I think also too, that just comes with you leveling up, right? Right. Like there's always going to be a problem. It's the way in which you view it and the way in which you grow from it. And so, yeah. I agree. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to jump into the rapid fire questions. So the first one is, what are three favorites that you have at the moment? This could be anything from like food, lip gloss, literally anything. Okay. Oh, I mean, I'm going to sound so corny, but get super. And I think it's because I travel so much. And so I bring my get super on my plane. I literally have like 12 stick packs in my purse at all time. It's just, it's the best. My second favorite is I titled it after Tink's, what Tink's titled hers, but it's my emotional support water bottle. (laughs) I have a white one too. Yeah. And then let's see what else. My last one. I think my walking treadmill, it's been like my lifesaver. I get my 10K in a day. I'm happy. That's amazing. I just got a, I don't know if you've heard of Flexi Spot, but it's the standing desk. I just got one and it's changed my life in a week. I'm like, I'm 10 times more productive because I'm just standing there and I'm like, oh, if I need to go shoot a video outside or like in another room, I'm like, I'm already up. So I'm just like walking around like crazy. If I tracked, I would probably have a lot of steps too. But my next step is to get a walking treadmill to go under it. Super productive. It'll be nuts. Second question. Do you cook or do you have a favorite recipe at the moment? Or it could just be a meal if you don't like to cook. 
Okay. So I actually, I love to cook. I'm not very great at it, <laughs> but okay. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I think the biggest thing for entrepreneurs, and I'm like such a big fan of this is like, if you are in a time of your life where again, you're needing to invest in yourself and cooking stresses you out, go invest in a meal plan company, whether it's like HelloFresh. I have a girlfriend that makes these insane, incredible meals called Science and Soul. And they're all plant-based. They're vegetarian. They're absolutely amazing. And I used to stress myself out because I was like either not eating or I was eating crap or like getting delivery because that was just what was easier. And honestly, that's like the biggest weight off my shoulders was investing in a meal plan company, even though some of them I think can be a little bit more expensive than is if you were just to go to the grocery store. Right. But I think also to the convenience and knowing that you feel supported and you feel taken care of and you feel healthy, I think is also a great investment. Yeah, I agree. If I'm working all day, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is make like an extravagant meal. So either we'll do meal service or I'll make something like so simple that it'll take me 10 minutes. Cause if not, you're right. If you get too hungry, then you're like, Oh, I'll just get Postmates or I'll just go through the drive through and then you feel like crap. And yeah, it's just yeah. a whole cycle. So I agree. Okay. Last question is what's your best piece of advice for someone who is wanting to start a business, but maybe they're just scared of taking that risk? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I get this question a lot. And I think one of the biggest things is evaluating your risk, right? I think that there's a lot of narrative of just go out there and jump. But there's not a whole lot of narrative around the fact of how and when are you going to jump and how are you measuring your success from that move? And the reason why I say that is because I think if you're able to have a side hustle, I think it's absolutely incredible that if you can do that and you can manage it until the point of basically you're like, my side hustle is making X or my side hustle is making enough to hire someone where I can then go full time, or I know it's going to be managed, or I know it's going to be scalable. But other than that, I think that you also need to do like a very, very deep dive into the research. I think when I acquired Get Super, I really kind of dove in head first. And I did a lot about the hemp CBD landscape. And I didn't know a lot about the advertising kind of red tape that I was going to have to jump through. And right. so I wish I would looking back, I mean, it taught me so much and I'm very much so the person that needs to like learn on her feet. But I think looking back, instead of someone just saying, go for it, I kind of wish someone would have been like, let's evaluate what this is really going to look like. And let's evaluate your success. How many years is it going to take for you to be successful? What is it going to take for you to be successful? Do you need capital? Are you able to bootstrap? What is your team going to look like? What is distribution going to look like? How are you going to get your sales? I think that having those things dialed in and having a business plan where you, you can lay your head down on the pillow at night and feel confident that you're able to make that jump is so much worth your sanity than you going in blindly to something because someone told you to just go for it. I think that's great advice because you're right. A lot of people will just say, well, just do it. Just try it. Like what's the worst that can happen? And it's like, well, maybe you should evaluate what's the worst that could happen because it could save you a lot. And I think that's also too why we see people that go through burnout because then there becomes this huge scarcity mindset around this beautiful thing that you've created because you're going in blindly. Right. And I'm not saying that going in blindly and being naive isn't the way to go. I mean, I launched an agency at 22. I bought a company and rebranded it. There's no one that's been more naive and jumped into things than me. But I also think that looking at that retrospect and like looking at it and having hindsight, 
I feel like that there's a lot of things that you can do to set yourself up to know in your heart of hearts that this is going to be successful. And this is my roadmap to how I'm going to be successful. I love that. I think that's super smart. Okay. So where can everyone find you, all your businesses? Tell us about your Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow my personal journey just at Whitney Eckes. You guys can listen to my podcast at Under the Influence Podcast. And you can follow the businesses. The agency is my last name, marketing. So it's just at Eckes Marketing. Get Super is at Get Super and it's spelled G-E-T-S-U-P-R. And then Mella, our newest little baby is a watermelon water and it's just at Mella Water. Perfect. And I'll make sure to link all of those in the show notes. And I think that's it. So thank you, Whitney, for coming and bye besties. Bye. Bye.